welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. Welcome to a bonus Learn Perform Mixtape episode. This bonus episode, I'm going to talk about what's up with the CPLP credential and why is it so important. So I've been studying for the last uh, month or so about the performance, learning, training, development, um, other things like that. So you've probably seen this come into my feed, whether it's on Twitter or you're just following this podcast because you found it and you yourself are a talent development professional studying for the Certified Professional in Learning and Performance exam or the CPLP. There's two exams and we'll talk about that and we'll talk about what this means. So I cracked open an old textbook of mine from my PhD program. It's the ASTD Handbook, the Definitive Reference for Training and Development, edited by Elaine Beach. You know that she's written that book I've talked about in other episodes, which is Train Development for Dummies. So the American Society for Training and Development underwent some different branding. And so this book was written in 2014 uh, when it had the old title, American Society for Training and Development which is updated to the Association for Talent Development, or ATD. So you've probably heard me talk about ATD more. But back in the day when I started some of my PhD work, um, this was a definitive name uh, from 2010 to 2014, ASTD was common. So you're going to see ASTD or ATD branded on these two items. And I suspect this is the second edition of uh, this handbook. I suspect it will be updated soon with the third edition and probably a new competency model. Anyways, let's talk about what I've been reading a little bit in this handbook was chapter threes, Kippen, Sunli, and Toyster wrote the importance of certification, both to understand the value of the credential, um, what that means, this having the CPLP in the world of work in this profession, and the value to employers, credential holders, and the profession, the training and development profession is what they talked about at the time. So it also offers some experiences from employers and candidates, but I thought this was a nice break in between studies, and I took a break myself. Uh, in between the holidays to talk about and refresh myself before getting back into some of the other areas of expertise. So the CPLP certification involves a comprehensive evaluation of skills that are measured against industry standards, professional associations, and other industry-wide credentials for training and development. And that could be human resource development. It could be talent development is what people call now, learning, performance, things like that. So you have to be eligible, of course, to do that. And I've talked about that in earlier episodes. And the three things that they often talk about for eligibility will be the knowledge exam. So the 150 multiple choice on the 10 areas of expertise with, of course, that global mindset foundational competency. Previously, it was interesting because this is written 2014. They talk about eligibility around um, having to work a sample. That was the second step. So you had to do the knowledge um, exam first and then provide a work product assessment. That's changed. It's now the skills assessment exam. There's 100 questions, multiple choice. Both of them are given three hours to complete those exams. But this multiple choice, you'll focus on the application of skills from one of the areas of expertise. And you get to choose from the following three, train delivery, instructional design, managing learning programs. So um, from those three, I'm going into instructional design, although training delivery, I'm also very comfortable with um, and not far off from managing learning programs. But those are the three to choose from, at least right now, as I study for the early 2020 exams. So that's before the competencies and any exams might change. And then the recertification process is this. You have the CPLP, it's valid for three years, and it requires you to earn kind of points and credentials. And this could be from um, creating training materials, attending 
attending workshops, going to conferences. There's many, many ways that you could recertify without having to do the exams over again. Um, but it gives you some examples that you kind of get credentials along the way within your three years of being the CPLP certified person. So I put more about the CPLP from a previous episode. Um, So I have a past podcast episode that talks all about the exam and I'll drop it into this episode's show notes. So what and why is the CPLP so important? So in reading through this chapter, it really talks about the importance of um, why um, it might be relevant for increasing performance of the individual, maybe employees' performance overall in the organization, and improving organizational results. So we see an increased relevance in talent development with specific emphasis on performance solutions, learning solutions, and how you're managing um, your talent and improving things in the workflow. So their benefits happen to go to different stakeholders. So the benefits for the hiring manager, it's a way to screen applicants. If you're hiring some people and you're looking for candidates, there are top 500 jobs that prefer CPLP and they'll put that in the hiring and they'll scan and search your CV or resume for that information. Uh, so, so instead of saying you're a self-proclaimed expert, this one's actually tested and um, says it's verified. So the hiring manager knows that. Employers themselves, they're demonstrating a commitment to seeing um, just top performers and top skilled people in the areas of learning and performance. And they want that within their organization. So they want to have people who can build, assess, understand those foundations and asking those questions, not only in the interview, but they can see that you've proven your ability to understand and apply this, both knowledge and skills. And then those who hold the credit, there's a few different benefits. And I think it offers um, some sort of accountability. It offers you giving back to a bigger professional community, as well as I think it offers a way to connect with others in the talent development area. I think there was a great article that was put into the ATD uh, blog just about joining community and gaining respect through a credential. And I think um, this one talks about the rigorous process to get certified, as well as keep certification and um, why people in this community really care and value um, and respect one another that have this certification. I dropped a link in there also from the ATD page on why should I get certified? And there's some examples, um, some testimonials, there's some webinars, and just some background if you want to learn more. I know a lot of these have been from 2008 to 2019, and it's probably more relevant if you're studying for the CPLP anywhere from now that you're going to take it until probably July. So July 2020, I think there's going to be some changes, but see and learn more about it on the link I put into this episode notes. So what I'm going to do as I prep back into the area of expertise I'm going to study next is remind you about the countdown to the CPLP calendar. So this chapter did talk a little bit about um, some examples of why and testimonials of how it's fit into people as employers or credentials. But I thought a really important was to remind yourself to assess that yourself in these different ways and say if you're actually ready to prepare for studying for the knowledge and skills application exams. So first, assess the time and resources. So where will you find the estimated 80 hours to study before the first exam? And when can you dedicate to preparing for the CPLP? And how do you carve out that time in your week? You want to assess your study resources of what you'll use to prepare. So I've tapped into my own library. I've pulled some books out of the public library and I've gone back to my old notes to study along with the CPLP study system. So I'd like to learn on my own and I could do it really well. And I'm the kind of person that can kind of self-regulate. But are you someone who needs to join a study group or do you need an in-person workshop or an online kind of paced course to prepare? So you really have to assess how you prefer to study and how you learn 
best on a certain topic as we dig into these 11 sections that you need to remember. You also need to set a deadline. So you want to break up what you want to know and plan for how and when you'll learn for these areas of expertise. So what's your study list look like and how will you organize it? So I've set out my own little to study list and I've modified it a little bit based on kind of when I'm releasing episodes. So I'm doing this a little bit more to plot my schedule backwards, which is step four, mapping out what you'll study when and marking and committing, knowing that you have an exam ahead on your calendar. So if you want to sign up for the exam, let's say it's January, February or February, March, you want to work and plot kind of where you're studying each section and kind of plot backwards onto where you'll commit. Um, this will also be identifying space on your calendar for study sessions, um, but also allowing yourself enough room or flexibility if something should come up at work, home, or in your family life. That leads to step five, predict the future. How does a CPLP really impact your future professional life, goals, plans, or career objectives? Is there something you're working towards? And what is that? And how will your life work events occur in the next time? So they've predicted 80 hours. So people might spread that out over uh, multiple months and what might happen over the time. So be prepared for that. And finally, step six, stick to the plan. Once you've organized how, when, and where you will study and be accountable to the certification preparation plan, make it a priority. So if you've set out certain times and dates to study, you have to commit to that. My accountability for myself is this podcast. I knew I had a little break and I kind of planned for that around the holidays, but I have some commitments before I leave for the winter or Christmas break um, where I need to study X amount of things before I actually can go and have a vacation and break from any of this. How are you thinking about planning for your CPLP? What are ways you're scheduling your time, dedicating your resources and committing to it? And why is the CPLP important to you? Also, why is the CPLP important to you? For me, I'm interested in diving into learning performance professionally and making a career switch up myself. So I think understanding more and learning more about what I've previously studied is really critical for my own professional career path. And I think it's really valuable. So do you have that same sort of drive or ambition or are you dedicating yourself to the CPLP for the right reasons? Those are good questions to ask yourself. All the best with your study plans and let me know what you're doing to count down the CPL calendar and how you're preparing and why you're making it an important part of your regular schedule. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts and love are always welcome and I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.